Akron postgame, Rutgers pregame, and me answering why my profile picture looks like a poorly cooked breakfast sausage. All that next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What is up, Buckeye Nation? And welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 24. It's another week, man. Another week of Ohio State football. And uh, we had a pretty good showing about Akron, man. What do you think? Uh, I think we finally looked like the number one team in the nation. And we should definitely go to the playoffs from here. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Whenever you want to talk real football, we'll get back on. (laughs) <laughs> oh, dude, we played Akron, man. It was so hard to really gauge how good we are when you play a team like that. I mean, Auburn beat them like 60 to 10, and Auburn did not look that great against Penn State a couple weeks ago. So it's hard to gauge. I know this. It was nice to see a bunch of different players playing and seeing some players that last year when we expected to blow teams out that we should have and get other players in didn't even get the chance to. That's I I mean, that was more me. I was excited to kind of see some other players actually kind of get in the game. Okay, so I'm gonna get right into it, dude. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be around the bush. You know, I was waiting to see these other quarterbacks. I was waiting to see, you know, some new faces on the field and some different positions. So go ahead, man. Great out Kyle McCord for me. What do you think? Uh for first ever start and as a true freshman, I mean a kid that graduated high school, what, like five months ago? Uh B minus. I give him a B minus. Man, I think and, that's pretty accurate, and I think people are beating him up on uh, Facebook and other social media platforms, and I don't understand it. I, I get it, man. You know, they had a specific game plan in place for him, and he was nervous, and he and he overthrew some people, and he underthrew some people. I get it, dude, but you could see the potential was there. And we just – I feel like we looked like a totally different team, and that's not just because we were playing Akron. I just feel like the the mindset felt better. I'll be honest. I'm going to disagree with you on this notion just for well, a Well, you're bit. wrong, yeah. so that's okay. I, it's, it's not that I don't believe that Kyle McCord could potentially be a better overall quarterback with more development and more time in the system. But at this current stage, I understand why Ryan Day is sold on Stroud. Why? And honestly, when they were both out there, I mean, comparing those first of the ones that, I mean, you're seeing almost the exact same thing that I will tell you this. There, there was definitely a moment that I watched comic court and I saw something that I liked better. And even though it literally did lead to his one interception, that exact play though, he at least felt the pressure in a pocket and moved up and moved to the side and kept himself available to keep his eyes down the field and make a pass. He just threw a bad pass at that point. But you don't see C.J. Stroud really feeling the pressure. He's either standing in the pocket and he takes a hit or he's able to get out in time with no pressure or they're, they're, they're rolling him out. Like he, It feels to me like C.J. Stroud doesn't feel the pressure, uh, you know, I guess peripherally, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, Stroud, Stroud's not getting it. And I definitely see Kyle McCord seeing it peripherally a little bit better. And I think in his first game already seeing that, that that gives me a little bit more high hopes for him, but I definitely so why, understand at this current you, stage, Stroud's got to start. So now all of a sudden you're a CJ Stroud lover. So why? No, you're not. Yes, you that's are. Not that's what, what said. you said. That is what I, you said. Oh, okay. So I said, you I'm said a CJ you Stroud understand. lover. Kyle McCord too, sucks. Dude. I swear I to God, you not. probably have pajamas with his face all over it. Now, listen, why? They weren't cheap either. <laughs> why do you think you said you understand it? So to me, when I hear you say that, it makes me think, okay, now I understand, now that I've seen what I am, what I've seen, is that I understand why C.J. Stroud is starting. Right. So why do you think C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback? Because I think that he is a little First more— First of all, you just said because, and because and is it a mission that you believe C.J. Stroud because is a better quarterback. Because it's in the English language for I'm going to explain something. I'm saying this mm. because of this. Mm. One comes after the other. So the reason why Stroud is starting, the reason why he will continue to be the starter is because he is just a little more developed and a little more comfortable in the system. And at this point, he does have a little more experience, even with those first few games. Now, I'm not saying that I still think CJ Stroud is the better quarterback. I think in my heart, really, I think Kyle McCord is potentially the better quarterback, but the one is more prepared to succeed in this current moment is going to be Stroud. 
And unfortunately, the more games he keeps playing, he's going to continue to be that one. So I can see that leaving Kyle McCord kind of out because the, the stats he had in the Acker game are a little bit skewed. I mean, the whole first half, a lot of those were dink and dunk passes that just went forever. There was a little, you know, 20, maybe 15, 20 yard pass to uh, Amika Abuka in the second half that went for 85 yards like that's inflated. Now, given I know Stroud has some of those passes as well in the first few games that inflated his stats as well. When we come to downfield passes, I didn't really see a ton. Now, of course, they may not have you know dialed that up for Kyle McCord in this game, but I didn't really see a lot of downfield passes, and that's really what I was looking forward to seeing. Well, dude, you got to remember something, man. Like you said, kid was in high school a couple months ago, and it was his first half of his first game that he ever played. So I I knew that this is what we were. I know, but see. let we the kid air it screens. out. Like if, if I was coming in fresh, I'd want to just. Nuke one down the field, just kind of get out of my system. Like that sideways pass stuff. Like you get, you don't realize how accurate you got to be and how far you have to throw the ball just to have that ball go one yard down the field to well, you know, uh, and I'm sure he wanted and to hope, do that and hope that there's people blocking for him. Like I, I'm not taking anything away from Kyle McCord. I thought he played decent. Okay, um, it, I'll be honest. Like when I went back and I listened to uh, Ryan Day's uh, remarks about Kyle McCord, I thought Ryan Day was a little harsh on him. To be honest with you. It sounded like Ryan Day didn't really compliment Kyle McCord that much. He kept kind of saying things like, you know, he well, why well, he missed a lot of reads and he was just kind of okay. Like I thought he did more than okay. And that's why I well, give him a B minus. Ryan Day can't compliment him too much. Otherwise, everybody's going to ask him next week why he didn't start. He really eh, can't. I, I don't think there's as much politics in this as you're thinking. I, I do Dude, agree that he's, Are you serious? I cannot believe you said that. Dude, what did they call Jim Tressel, the congressman? Dude, sweater it's vest. all politics. Are you dude, kidding me? Anyone that wears a sweater vest, I trust. Dude, when a coach sits at a podium and gives a speech, he's not telling you anything at all, period. Now, he's going to give you a little morsel here and there or whatever, but he's setting himself up, dude. He's setting himself up. Ryan Day's not going to come up and say, you know what, dude, Kyle McCord is the best quarterback ever. By the way, C.J. Stroud is starting next week. He's going to give know, him some constructive criticism. So if I literally him. came up to you with a gun to your head and I said, listen, which offense is going to be the most productive next week against Rutgers? Is it going to be with Kyle McCord or CJ Stroud? And what is your honest answer? Gun to your head. You know what, dude? I'm 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 kind of 50-50 on it. I really don't know what I'd choose. Um, what hey, I think, remember, I did say gun to your head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, dude, that just it doesn't scare me. I put my mouth on the barrel. Listen, I'm not fully. <laughs> I'm not fully invested in either quarterback okay i'm just really not i saw some upside to common cord um i see some upside to cj stroud everybody thinks because i've been talking this way that i hate cj stroud or that i don't want him to be the quarterback and that's not it at all i simply don't like the fact um you know the the entire upside to cj stroud like we talked about before was that i thought that he would run the ball in situations where he needed to and he hasn't done that and it's almost like it feels like it's out of fear or something like that but I'm not sold on either quarterback, dude. You put a gun to my head, I'd be like, go ahead and blow my brains out because I don't know who the hell's starting tomorrow. That's exactly what I'd say because I really don't know. I see upside to C.J. Stroud, um, and I see upside to Kyle McCord. But the thing is, dude, what pisses me off about C.J. Stroud is that he has so much more potential for upside, I feel like, right now. But he won't run the ball. He will not run the ball, and I don't understand why. It really ticks me off. How much, let me ask you this, how much of Stroud's struggles in the first three games, and I'm not saying the whole entire thing has been struggles, you know, he's definitely shown really quality quarterback play in spurts. How much of these struggles do you think is just him being new to this thing? And how much is it of you think that possible shoulder injury and a fear of getting hit? And also, and also mix that shoulder issue in with is some, some, inaccuracies I, I, I'm just asking you I know I well, you're know. not gonna let me answer are you I was hoping <laughs> so listen to me uh, everybody says shoulder injury shoulder injury shoulder injury um, let's not forget this um, Mr. Shoulder injury threw the ball 50 times versus Oregon now you can't have that short of a shoulder then can you well, right. and, and I, all I, those I don't games, know to what extent yeah now hold on in them first couple games like we talked about, there was plenty of times where he could have ran. So if there was any concern about his injury status or his shoulder status, he wouldn't have thrown the ball 50 times versus Oregon. So there is no excuse why he didn't run the ball in those first couple games. I think, Zero. The, point, I think the point I'm getting at is not that he's not 
physically capable of doing it, even if his shoulder was bothering him. I'm saying how much of that do you think as a new quarterback was mentally blocking him because of the worry of him getting hurt more? You see what I'm going with that? Yeah, I think so. At the end of the day, man, I I hate to give you some credit, but I'm going to give you some credit. Because last podcast when we talked about C.J. Stroud, one of the things you said was that you feel like he's not a leader. Right now, he's not a leader. And I honestly think that's the biggest thing. Because a leader tucks the ball, whether they're hurt, injured, whatever, and gets five yards, gets Mm -hmm. the first down. Um, They make things happen, and they give for the good of the team. And you know what, dude? Your shoulder is on one side. Run to the other side, okay? (laughs) Run out of bounds. Okay, do other things. He j- he know. he looks he looks spooked sometimes. I don't know he, I don't dude, know any just, other way to put it. Like he just understand. he looks nervous or scared or hesitant or something. There's almost like he's got like a mental block he's got to get over. And if he can yeah. get over that, he could be really damn good. But he's really like do. got something that's holding him back a little bit because I think I the skill think... level is all there. I really do, and that's never been my complaint with him. And as I'm sure that's probably not even your complaint either. I'm sure he has the arm talent. Uh, he probably has enough of the running talent. We just haven't seen it. Um, he, he's been in the system now one year behind Justin Fields. You know, he, he's getting some more game experience. I think everything's there for him to succeed, especially with the players around him. But he's got – it almost appears he's got some sort of mental block, something that's just hindering him and keeping him from getting his full potential. I just feel like this. I feel like Kyle McCord was very nervous in his first start. He's only played a half of football. Okay, still, if I had to grade him out as a passer, I still think if he was to come into his own and play a couple more games, I still think that he would be a slightly better passer than C.J. Stroud is. But where C.J. Stroud has the upside is what we were talking about before. Dual threat. His dual threat, and he will, he's not dual. He's not dual. He's so Uno. I, he's, he's Uno. Uno. He's all. So, yeah, I'm like, you know, that's the thing, man. So until he does that for me, like until he until he shows me that he can do that, that he can make decisions because I'm sorry, dude, at the end of the day, you know, any any quarterback out there, I don't care if you're Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, you know, or Tom Brady, you know, you when five yards is in front of you and you can get it and walk out of bounds, you should get it. There's you no know, reason. A lot of people don't remember this, but I'm, I wouldn't say don't remember this, but. You know, when when we look back and think about Justin Fields, and again, I know it's not fair to compare Justin Fields to C.J. Stroud, even though it's inevitably going to happen. But Justin Fields ran the ball quite a bit. You know, he really did. He had a ton of rushing touchdowns, especially in the red zone, uh, especially in that first year that he played. I mean, he ran the ball a ton in that first year. And that was one of the things that, like, you know, not only if we have a good running back, because in his first year he had J.K. Dobbins, but then he's a potential threat to run, and then he's a potential threat to be accurate and throw over the top. Like, how do you defend against that? And I think with C.J. Stroud as of right now not being a threat as a runner, they can key in on the running back. They don't have to keep a spy there and one less out in coverage. So I think if C.J. Stroud can find a way to add this to his repertoire, because I think he's fully capable of doing it, then it's going to further spread out the field and make all these other plays, you know, the running back holes are going to open up more and there's going to be one less defender in coverage and there's going to be more spots that he can fit balls into that, you know, I I think that he's got to add that to his repertoire. And I think, you know, maybe running a little bit because uh, JT Barrett, even though I know we're not the biggest fans of just personally, still was highly successful, and he was definitely one of the players that said that, you know, sometimes just running and getting hit early in a game really kind of loosens you up and gets you into the momentum of the game. It's almost like he needs to take a hit early on and get that out of his system, and an easy way to do that is to run. Run, take a hit, get down, get up, pop up, get to the huddle, and then you're ready to go. Well, you know what, dude? I think about quarterbacks all the way back to, like, Troy Smith. You know, for the last 15 years, this is what we've been doing. We've been doing this. We've had somewhat of a mobile quarterback for quite a while at Ohio State. And the fact that this year, I, I feel like C.J. Stroud could be mobile and he's not, it's really irking me. You know, and it's honestly mm-hmm. made me think a little bit differently because for the longest time, dude, how many times you heard me say, you know, I can't wait to have a, a gunslinger at Ohio State. You're just tired. You're tired of quarterbacks running all the time, but Barrett wore you out on that. He's it's just, because this because he I've always a good wanted balance. a gunslinger. You know, he I got Dwayne have a good Haskins. balance. Yeah, listen, good Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins at least rushed the ball. Hell, Cardell Jones rushed the ball better than C.J. Stroud is right now. Yeah, absolutely. 
But, you know, the point is, dude, I think I kind of took for granted all those years uh, having like an RPO type quarterback. And mm-hmm. I always wanted like a gunslinger back there. You know what I mean? A guy that can throw the ball over the place, like a big 12 quarterback. Um, but now, you know, it's funny because now I'm actually sitting here saying it and I actually miss that right now. I think if we had that, we'd be highly, way, way more competitive than we are right now offensively. And it's like that girl you broke up with in high school and you thought there were greener pastures on the other side. Then you went out in the dating world and you're like, man, I really effed up and I should have stayed with her. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I hope my wife can I, listen to dude, this I understand, Dude, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. I think that C.J. Stroud could be an all-around good player, but he's got to add that other part to his repertoire, and he hasn't. I just feel like, dude, you don't have to be a mobile quarterback to know when you need to run. Right. Okay? I, under- I understand Some of the worst that. quarterbacks we've ever had. Hell, Todd Beckman would run if the field was open for 15 yards. Okay? Like, that was running get- out of fear. That was straight fear. I mean, and it was like he was carrying a wheelbarrow full of rocks. But I'm just saying, like, you know, even he knew when. I feel like he just won't. And I don't know what it is, but like I said, it it drives me nuts. But I don't want to stay on this topic too long. So overall, let's talk about the offense as a whole versus Akron. Um, Like how you grading it out. What did you see that was good? What do you see that's bad? Uh, Offense. A minus overall. I mean, there was very few moments where there was something that I just kind of watched and I was like, what are they doing? I mean, they, they could get whatever they wanted. They still rushed the ball more than they passed, which I think that's really Ohio State's MO this year. And it should be because you have young quarterbacks that are undeveloped, um, that don't have a ton of experience. And you have, I mean, already just a true freshman, probably one of the best running backs in the nation, Travion Henderson. And then the, he has a lot of uh, backup behind him. We have big offensive linemen. We have uh, wide receivers and tight ends that are good at blocking. And I think we really need to hang our hat this year on being more of a rushing team. And the passing game should complement it. And maybe as the season goes on, it should be a little more balanced in regards of not necessarily total yards, but in play call. Because the only game, you know, we looked this up before. There was one game of the season where we had thrown more than we rushed and by a lot. And, of course, that was the game we lost against Oregon. All the other games, we've rushed for five to ten plus more attempts in rushing than we did in passing. And look at the results of those games. Because we have the rushing attack. And it's almost like Ryan Day knows we have the rushing attack. So he's constantly, it almost feels like whenever he's passing, he's just trying to do it to try to keep them from always thinking we're rushing. Is almost what it feels like to me. I hate everything you just said. Well, it's true. I hate it. It's stats. I want I want a balanced attack. I don't want to be a running team. I want a balanced attack. I want a threat. Do we have the best receiving? Listen, we're the not best receiving Navy, cores in the country. We're, we're not Navy, okay? We're not a massive rush. Yeah, but attack. do you want to waste one of the best receiving cores we've ever had at Ohio State with a let's pass to make sure they think we're not running every play? Is that what you want? Well, the best receiving core is almost Is that what you want? If you don't have a quarterback that can put it on the dime in the spots that it needs to be, then the wide receivers are pointless. I think he has potential to. Again, I I see – listen, if you literally go back, if you can try to be as unbiased as possible and actually go back and watch the highlights of these games, look at the passes that he is completing. Some of these are darts. Some of these are in tiny windows. Some of these are on the spot where they need to be. I think he is making good passes a handful of times. The problem is, and I think this is a big problem with everyone, especially this day and age with technology of everyone being able to get on you know, their keypad and their phone and type the first thing that comes to mind. There's so much negativity, and everything's just focusing on the negative. And I know that's more your MO is that you, you, you tend to see more of the bad stuff and focusing on that, and I try to be more glass half full and more hopeful but, man, there's still a lot of good that I'm seeing in this team and these players. And so many people are just like, you know, this is like the worst season ever. We need everyone's heads for this season. It's It, it boggles my mind. It doesn't boggle mine. Because i got to be honest, dude. For the first time in a long time, I mean, when I watch an Ohio State football game, it's not like, hey, man, oh, it's game day. We're going to kick the crap out of this team. Like, I'm like – Nervous to death when I watch any football game. Like, should I be nervous about watching, you know, Tulsa or Akron? No, but I was anyway. 
I was anyway, dude. And I'm telling you, I don't – I just feel like, man, there was such a buildup to this year after last year, the COVID year. Then we're like, yes, Haskell Garrett's back. Yes, Chris Olave's back. We got Garrett Wilson. We got this receiving room that's like we've never had a receiving room this way before. Oh, we got a new quarterback coming all this stuff. And now we're like – it's like we're picking little pieces that we're positive about, even though we're not even fully positive about them. We're just somewhat positive about him. And we're making that okay to accept. And I'm sorry, dude. Like, as an Ohio State fan for all these years, I don't accept that. I'm not taking that on the chin. I'm not saying, well, it's okay that we have the best receiving room in the entire country and possibly that we've ever had at Ohio State. But let's go ahead and waste that on a subpar quarterback and let's be a running team that happens to just sprinkle in a little bit of passing here and there. No. We got Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. We got Mbuka. We got all these guys, dude, waiting in the wings. They need the ball. They need the freaking ball. We should be throwing the ball all over everybody's butt. And we should be running it when we can as well. But I'm saying, dude, I don't want to – I don't accept subpar. I don't ex, I don't accept average. This is Ohio State. You want to be average? Be a Michigan fan. Sorry. I agree with you in the extent that this year has been a disappointment. And I think one of the reasons why – is because we've been a little bit spoiled the last handful of years. I mean, we hadn't lost a, a regular season game in two years. Um, there's almost no other teams in the entire country that can say that. And leading back to the urban era, I mean, we've only lost one or two games in a season, and that's it. And we lose – this is the first time we've lost a game this early since 2014. And we're not used to it. You know, If it's not that long ago, man, that we lost uh, a couple games in a season, including uh, losing horrible to Iowa and then losing that stinker uh, against Purdue. I mean, we're just – I think we're too caught up in where we were at the last couple of years and how close we were to a national title. Because last year, even though we got to the title game, we were not as close as we were two years ago when we got robbed in the semifinal against Clemson. But we've potentially had two teams that either went to the title or really had a reasonable chance to win the title to now, you know, we're a team that we could still potentially build and become a team that might be capable of winning a title. But what we've seen early on is obviously a big drop off than what we thought we would be at this point. So I get that where the frustration is coming from. If you had to draw a graph of Ohio State's team since Ryan Day took Dude, over, I didn't realize which we were way would it go? Math class. Jesus, which way I... would it go? Um, would that graph... trend down? Nothing is. Have okay. we gotten worse every year for three years? First of all, when you're almost at a high elite level, it's really hard to maintain that for a long period of time. At some point, there's going to be some sort of drop off, and then it's going to work itself back up. Like there's going to be some growing pains and some tough times when you have a lot of turnover and you have a lot. Of, I mean, it's not just one thing. It's not just Ryan like Day Alabama? taking over. Okay. So when Ryan Day took over. You mean like Alabama's turnover? Well, they also cheat. And <laughs> <laughs> every, every, every offensive coordinator that comes in was a head coach somewhere else. I think we have really good offensive coaching staff. I think the defensive coaching staff's lacking. I think mixing the defensive lacking of coaching staff along with uh, a lot of turnover with players, especially in the linebacker position and filling in some spots on the D line. Like there there it's not just one thing, man. Like you're you're just looking this straight at is I'm looking at what the product see on the field and I'm not happy. I get it. There's a lot of fans that aren't happy. As a matter of fact, I think it's overkill with how unhappy people are. All right, obviously we could disagree on this for days, man, but you know, at the end of the day we're in the, we're on the same page. We both think that the product that's on the field right now needs a lot of improvement and whether or not we think we'll get there, I mean that's still left up to I'm um, I'm I mean, you know, the rest of the season. I don't know. I don't, honestly don't know what's going to happen. But we do know that we do have a game coming up this Saturday against a Rutgers team that is not your typical Rutgers from years past. Uh, Greg Schiano, of course, previous uh, defensive coordinator from Ohio State, has uh, really kind of turned that program around to where they're not just, you know, the doorstop of the Big Ten anymore. And I think that was proven last week when they only lost to Michigan by seven. And I think Michigan only had like 240 yards of offense against them. 
And I don't know if what if that's saying more about Michigan not playing well and what they're capable of, or if it's more a combination of Rutgers actually improving. I know they played us a little bit tough last year. Uh, it it shows with the, the spread being 15 and a half points. And I thought, I think that's probably the closest spread that I've ever seen with an Ohio state Rutgers matchup. So give me, give me some of your thoughts on the upcoming matchup. Of course, you know, it is a road game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll put it like this, man. My thing with Michigan, when anybody talks about all oh, they gave Michigan a little bit of trouble, I always take that with a little bit of grain of salt because Michigan to me is like Georgia. Okay, and I'm not saying Georgia this year because they seem to be a pretty good football team, but every year Georgia has these super high expectations and they're ranked in the preseason top 10 and they blow it. They end up being not as good as they're supposed to be. And I feel that way about Michigan. It's been that way since Hairball has been there where it's like they kind of come out of gangbusters and they end up 4 or 5 and 0 oh, and then they end up with a, you know, just an average season at the end. So, I'm still as early as we are in the season taking Michigan struggle with a grain of salt because I never really fully know how good they are till we really get into the meat of the Big Ten season. But I will say this, dude. I think Greg Shannon's done a great job at Rutgers. And we know how he is, man. We know how he is defensively. And I think, honestly, that, you know, he's... he's. I know we're going to run the ball. We have Trayvon Henderson, who's an enormous talent and who will who will get his... But I really do think that they're going to develop some kind of game plan against a the run. They know we want to run. And Greg Schiano is just the kind of guy that's going to design a game plan to to try to combat that, man. And I, you know, athlete for athlete, I don't think they can stand with us. But I think they're going to give us a pretty good run. I really do. I don't think the spread is is big enough. I think we're going to win the game handily by the end. But I would not be surprised, man, if this game is pretty close for at least a half of football. I. Uh- I will agree to the extent that I think it's a better Rutgers team, and I think we are not as strong as we were the last two seasons overall. Um, But I think this is going to be probably the game where we really find out if we've actually cleaned things up on offense and defense or if we haven't because you have everything working against you with uh, C.J. Stroud maybe not being in a rhythm, possibly coming back from his shoulder resting. It's on the road. Um, it's against a team that, you know, it's it's a trick. It's a, That's always a hard team to beat. It's a team that you're expected to beat by a lot. But on paper, they're better, or, you know, on paper, they're better than what people really think they are. And I think this game's going to be really telling on – kind of how the rest of the Big Ten season is going to play out with uh, with some of our other key matchups. So my expectation is that I will see a much more improved defense, and we will see a lot more of what we saw against Akron, uh, not necessarily statistic-wise. I mean, having nine sacks against Akron, it's like stupid, crazy good. It was like six or nine or something like that. It was like really up there. But I think we're going to see a lot more pressure. I think we're going to have players um, that are going to be in better positions. And I think the offense is almost kind of like they're teetering on that. They're just ready to open up and explode. Like you got to really see a lot of the stuff uh, happen against Akron that I know we're capable of doing against almost anyone. So my expectation is I think this is going to be a game that might start opening people's eyes to be like, you know, Kind of like, you know, from Major League halfway through the season where all of a sudden they're like, hey, maybe these guys aren't so bad. Yeah, man, I, I can I can see what you're saying. I really can. Um, I think it's all really in perspective. I really do think that Greg Shannon's done wonders with that program. And I do think that they are a much improved team and they've gotten better every year since he's been there. I feel that way um, to where there's not they're not so much of a pushover now. But at the same point in time, you know, I'm interested to see this, man, because, you know, if C.J. Stroud starts, is he 100 percent? Is he really 100 percent? That's what I want to know. And, you know, if Greg Schiano thinks we're going to run the ball, does that mean we become a little bit more passing attack? Like all these things come through my mind a little bit. I think we will beat them on talent alone. But I think just like every other game, dude, our defense, I think we're going to I think we're going to give up some yards, man. I really do. I think they're going to get some yards here and there. 
Um, well, everyone's going to get some yards, man. Like we're not going to keep a team to like 50 total yards of offense and go four and out like the entire game. Like, it, well, no, it, often, but I'm talking about is all like good offense is always going to be good defense any day of the week. In my opinion, if you match up an elite offense against an elite defense, the offense is always going to get theirs. Now, yeah, whether or not they're Rutgers turning offense, turning them all into sevens is different <laughs> and they're not elite to an extent. Sure. But I mean, I don't see, I don't see Rutgers putting up more than three total touchdowns on us the entire game. And that's at the no, most. No, but I feel it being total. I I feel it being similar to Tulsa because I don't feel like our our offensive woes are over. Um, and I think we've got a pretty decent handle on the run, which makes me think they're going to probably pass a little bit. Maybe, but I mean, we definitely. They said over the last couple of games we've been playing a lot more zone, a lot more two deep safety, and we're mixing stuff up a little bit more. And whether or not that's putting our players in better position, what it's ultimately doing, though, is the offense can't just sit there and pl- call a play based upon a defense that they're expecting and knowing we're going to play. So we, it's going to make it a lot more difficult for an offensive coordinator to just simply call up a play like Oregon did with us, you know, calling the same play three times, and it went for a touchdown three times because they knew what the defense was. So the mix-up is not even just as much getting us in better position, but it's going to keep the offense from – being able to just tee up on us and call a play that's going to work against the defense that we're showing. Uh, listen, I don't think for one second their workers are just going to come out and blow our doors off or they're going to throw for you know 400 yards or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think that we're still trying to figure it out on defense. And I, I think, think it's that, going to be a year-long figuring out. Absolutely. I, I don't I think do. we're going to be a finished product all year. I just but think I we're still going to feel like show improvement that's going to be noticeable. I still feel like this is a pretty decent uh, Big Ten team. Uh, one of the more decent opponents that we've had so far this year, other than Oregon. Um, you know, we've had Tulsa, we've had Akron, and we've had, you know, Minnesota. But, you know, Minnesota, I'm not really that sure about, to be totally honest with you. So I kind of feel like this is a really good gauge to see where we're really at. Akron's not a good gauge. It's not right. a good gauge. First well, of all, we didn't have the starting quarterback in. Second of all, you know, you're playing all kind of people. Yes, we beat them, but, you know, talent alone. To me, I mean, would we have done that? Would that have game looked the same if, if with that lineup versus Tulsa? I mean, would it have looked the same? I uh, really don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. It was a different team at Tulsa. They had It was a different team, but my point is, here we are. We're stepping it up. Would you agree that Rutgers is a better football team than Tulsa? Well, yes, but I also think it's a little bit comical because you are the one, too, that had gotten on me, especially last year in a podcast, and almost cussed me out to the point where I said we struggled with Indiana, but Indiana was a good team. And you're like, Davis, it's Indiana. It's Indiana. And here you are blowing Rutgers up like, man, this is going to be a good test. Like, Rutgers is pretty special. You know, you know Greg why? Shiano's a good guy. You know, because... Bubbles. And you're literally doing the same dang thing to me that I talked about last year. Because I'm so disappointed, Davis, in Ohio State football that this is where I am. This is where I am. I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Rutgers being a good test for us. Two or three years ago, I was thinking about wanting Alabama's ass. Now I'm thinking about can we beat Rutgers? That's where I am. But that's where you are. I wouldn't that's where say I that's, am. that's not where everyone is. That's not no, where the but team would you, is. But that's where a lot of people are. Uh, that's where a lot of people are, man. I will agree that a lot of people are disappointed, but I don't think people are sitting there worried about Rutgers. I'm sorry. Dude, I'm not worried about Rutgers. I'm not worried about Rutgers beating us. What I'm saying is I'm thinking to myself, are we going to beat Rutgers? Yeah, based on town alone, I believe we will beat Rutgers. But what I'm saying is that here I am like at this point of the season, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This will be a good test for us on this part portion of offense or defense, or this will be a portion. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Instead of me thinking, you know, two years ago, I'm thinking we're going to beat Rutgers 65 nothing. Now I'm thinking, okay, we'll probably beat Rutgers by, you know, maybe three scores. You know, will they get 250 yards of passing on us uh, since we've been doing better against the run, but we're not as good against the pass? And like, that's where I'm at, dude. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a, a, I don't know what you call that, a demotion. What are you, Lance? Like, had a bad dream, and then you woke up and be like, that's, uh, that's okay. We know we're going to beat Bingville by way more than that. Dude, I just had 
I guess I just had, dude. I maybe maybe it's just me. I'm I'm dude, I'm butthurt. I'm so butthurt, dude. I came dude, I woke up for football after two years after the COVID thing, and I was like, dude, this is it. It's Ryan Day's third year. We got Olave coming. We got all this stuff, dude. And I was so jacked up. I was like, dude, this is gonna be the year. And you and I talked about it a hundred times. Man, we gotta start the podcast back up. Man, we gotta do this stuff. And dude, I just feel like I'm so let down. I'm let down. Like I'm beat up. I'm sorry. Like I don't know how to 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 make it any other way to where you know this is the this is the true me. Like I had expectations, dude. And we're not even like literally we're not a fifth of what I thought we'd be. Well, that's hard to take dude for you. I mean, but this must be a tough year for you. I mean, I get this has not been a great year so far, but I'm just not taking it the way you're taking it. I mean, I don't know what any other way to put it. It has nothing. It has nothing to do with that. My ex, my ex, I can't talk. My expectations are different than yours. I just under, I guess maybe I'm a little more understanding of some of the stuff they might be going through understanding that there's a process and there might even be more an appreciation for what we can finish this year to be knowing where we started and what we're building. You know, it, it almost kind of feels like we've just been spoiled and some of us don't know how to take it. You know, some of us just don't know how to take being instead of elite, just good, you know, cause even though you may yeah, but are we been good? terrible, yes, we are still good. Are we though? Yes, we are. And I don't know. We're still a great football team. We're just not in an elite level. An elite level would be, listen, I still think we're going to beat, we we may not even lose the rest of the season for all I know. I mean, obviously we're thinking we're going to have tough games against Penn State and Michigan State. Nebraska has been playing better. Uh, Obviously we've got the team up north at the end of the year. Like, uh, obviously we're going to have plenty of opportunities to really prove what we're about. And I think you just need to like, Continue to just try to let this season keep building. Let them keep improving. You know, they, they've got the schedule to let them improve. Like they got Rutgers this week, then Maryland next week, then they're off before they hit that Indiana Penn State um, uh, part of the season. Like we have plenty of opportunity to keep growing, keep improving. Are we going to blow some of these teams out like we would have liked? Maybe not. But at the end of the day, isn't a win a win? A win is a win. Okay, but did, let me let me put it like this: a win is a win when you play a tough team and in a and you. No, and you that's not. No, fair no, no, it's not. I'm that. saying if you play you play Iowa on the road, okay, and you win by a field goal, a win is a win. Okay, you play Tulsa at home and look like absolute dog crap for the first three quarters of the game. NBA, NBA a win is not a win. Still, and almost cover the spread. A win feels on. like a loss. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you. Every week. And, and this week it wasn't a change for me, but the thing is, dude, it didn't affect me in any way, shape, or form because it was Akron, because I knew we were going to be rotating players and positions and stuff like that. But the fact is, man, I'm honestly still on the Tulsa game. I can't get off of it until we play our starters and and the quarterback that's going to be our quarterback moving forward another game and see where we're at now. I'm still on that, dude. I don't feel like this week at all was any kind of test or any kind of indication of where we are as a football team. I'm sorry. But isn't that, isn't that isn't that to an extent actually making the season a little bit fun with the intrigue of is this going to be the game we actually you know make a difference? Are we going to see improvement? Like we're we're sitting here focusing on the game so much more this year than we probably ever have in the past because we're trying to look at every little thing and be like, ah, oh, well, let's see if this guy can actually do his job this time, and let's see if this guy can do the job, and are we showing improvements in this area? I mean, like to an extent, not that I would want it to be this way, but to an extent, I mean, I'm finding enjoyment in this season of like now it, my my excitement is not okay. Hey, you know, we're gonna throw up through everyone and make it to the playoff. My excitement now is. Hey, can this team really come together and turn this thing around? And I'm actually finding some enjoyment in tr- in going through this process a little bit. I, I know mean, a lot some, of people disagree with me, but that's where I'm at. Like, dude, I'm no. really I'm really trying to enjoy these games. I'm trying to find the enjoyment in it because what's the enjoyment if I'm going to do nothing but complain and get upset about every little thing about the team and then have, just have it weigh you down? Like, what's the point of getting to watch, you know, Ohio State football if we're not enjoying what we're watching? 
Like I finally, got, we've we've got to find a way to enjoy some of that. And I guess maybe that's more what I'm focusing on. Is I'm focusing on some of the enjoyment with it. There's things that I enjoy, dude. There there is things that I that I find during the game that I do enjoy watching. And dude, I'd like to see. Like I said, I was excited this week to see what was in the cupboard and what we were working with. But at the same point in time, man, it, it's it's hard to be excited about something that you know you have to be excited about because that's all you have. Like that's that's where we're at. To be totally honest with you, like, you know, that's why you're enjoying it because you don't have a choice. That's what's been given to you and you have to enjoy it or you can take it a different way. Uh, let, let's get off this negative train. Let's get to something positive or at least positive for me. Let's talk about this prop bet. Yeah. And let's talk a little more importantly about the prop bet you lost last week. Because oh, as I recall, <laughs> as yeah. I recall... You lost a prop bet, and it was actually a clean sweep on my part. So I am Listen, now two, I got two and one on the year. Prop bet, but go on, go. On. I am two and one on the year overall yeah. in prop bets. Um, but you lost this one, and of course, the deal was the loser had to change their Facebook profile picture to whatever the picture was that the other person wanted to change it to. Oh, and I did. and I had a wide open range of things I was contemplating changing it to until you decided to bring up. A phrase I will not repeat again on the last episode that had to do with a big old honking sausage. There it is. <laughs> Talking about just a big piece of sausage meat. And <laughs> sure enough, I texted you a picture I had found on Google of just a, a, a just a plain sausage with a white background, like nothing else. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, let's not downplay, okay, the sausage that you so cleverly sent me, okay? First of all, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but uh, I'll just put it this way. It, it is a sight for sore eyes, okay? And I've got many of text messages and comments on Facebook of people wondering what's going on. So I've been taking the brunt of it all week long. I mean, we're talking about like a legitimate Italian sausage. Just for those that are listening, like don't read too much into it. It's just a sausage. Obviously, it's not inappropriate. We're not breaking any standards. We're not putting inappropriate pictures. It's just a picture of a sausage, right? But that inquires questions to come up. So, you know, you try to sneakily add that as your profile picture at like 2 a.m. on a Monday morning. But sure enough, you know, by 7 a.m., you're getting texts, you're getting calls. Like your mom's like, is everything okay at home? Like, <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you the most common text that I got, okay? Without getting too into it, without keeping it uh, – by keeping it PG – but most of the texts that I got were something along the lines of, I knew it. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you can put that in your head where you want to put it. But oh. I'm saying, that was the text that I got. <laughs> yeah. You know, that uh, that will forever be the best prop bet uh, pay up in the history of what we could do. Yeah. We'll so, tell them about this week's. Yeah. Anyways, so we obviously we got the Rutgers game. Um, the three things we came up with is this. And we're just gonna go right down the line. Of course, we make three prop bets for those of you who don't know. Um, best out of three wins, and then uh, we will say whatever the loser has to do or the winner gets something. So we'll explain that here in a second. So we got Rutgers total offensive yards, and the numbers at three twenty five for total offensive yards. And I'm taking a little bit of a. I mean, I'm. Taking some pretty big risks in this prop bet this week, but Chad thinks we're uh, that Rutgers is going to have over 325 total yards of offense, and I think we're going to keep him under 325. I feel like we're going to have a better defensive performance. I think we're going to build some steam off of Akron, and that's the first one. So Chad over 325 yards of offense for Rutgers, me under. Next one is for Ohio State total offensive yards, and I'm at 500 or more. Because I think we've been at that every single game with the exception of maybe Tulsa. I think we were like 450 against Tulsa. So I'm at 500 or more yards of total offense for Ohio State. And Chad is taking the under. And again, that one might be a little bold too. We'll just have to wait and see. And then the final one, we just went, uh, uh, you know, between two players. Who's going to get more yards? And the choice was Alave or Wilson. And Chad chose uh, Garrett Wilson is going to have more offensive yards. And I chose Chris Olave. So that is the three prop bets. And on the line this week, we are doing what, Chad? So um, I kind of thought that it would be cool to kind of bring everyone to the page. Since kind of what we did last week is a little bit more personal with our pages. So what we're going to do is 
whoever loses the bet, okay, is going to have a piece of paper, kind of like when you get a mug shot when you go to jail. They're going to hold it up, and it's going to say whatever the other person writes on it, okay? Now, obviously, this is a family show most of the time, um, so it's not going to be, you know, crude or everything, but it's still going to be pretty humorous, man. So you got to hold up a sign, you got to take a picture, and we're posting it on Facebook, okay? Yeah. It's going to say, like, hashtag prop bet loser or something like that on it, and uh, we would appreciate any rousing or crap that you could talk about the person that has to put up the picture. We welcome it all. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what can possibly happen with that. And ultimately, dude, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Rutgers game. You know, I, I want to continue to see this team overall improve. Um, I know we didn't get a chance to really talk about our, our breakout players on offense and defense from this past game. We've been talking forever on this episode. We can shout them out real quick if you want uh, before we wrap up. But uh, I know this one, this episode's kind of been carrying on a little bit because we definitely got off the rails earlier on the, the quarterbacks and basically how we feel about the team this year, which is an easy argument to have. But um, it's up to you. Do you want to talk about them or not? Yeah, man, I'll go real quick. Uh, impact player on uh, offense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say if he starts, C.J. Stroud. Um, I think, you know, as much as I I don't know that he's the guy or not, I really do think that he still is a teenage kid, okay? The fact that somebody else started over him last week, even though he was injured, I think he's going to come out with something to prove. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to have one of his best games yet. Now, what's, what does that mean? I don't know. Okay, but I think he's going to have a good game, and I think that people are going to be – he's going to want to cement his name as a starting quarterback at Ohio State, and I think he's going to try to do that this game. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud on offense. And on defense, dude, I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go with Haskell Garrett this week. Okay. Any particular reason? No. Okay. I'm no, moving yes, on. Yes, there is a reason because I think <laughs> – <laughs> I think um, I think that one of the things that I was reading about the leadership and stuff like that on the defense is that people keep talking about um, them lacking it. And, uh, you know, people are expecting him to step up, dude, and I think he's going to. I really do. And I just feel like with the mantra of him leading these, these younger guys out there, I really think that he's going to come out. And I think he's going to make a difference this week. I just, I have a feeling. I've been waiting on him to kind of explode, and I think this is the week it's going to happen. That's a good call on Haskell Garrett. Uh, I really like him, and I think him and the whole defense had underperformed up to this point. And I think he's finally starting to take the reins and show some leadership on that defensive side that we've really needed. And I think he's going to be the one that really helps us start turning things around. So that's a good call on that. Um, my offensive. Um, player to look for this game is going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba because if you really recall over the last handful of games he's really been getting a lot of targets he's been getting a lot of good stats and I think they're really featuring him in the in the passing game a lot more especially with how much focus Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are getting and you put Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot um, and move him around to where you know he's magically becoming wide open and he, he's a highly recruited player who uh, I don't know if he was a five-star. I think he was, but you know, he's starting to really kind of fill that role that Olave and Wilson did when they were earlier on. And we had some of those other players that were featured. So I'm really looking forward to Jackson Smith and Jigba actually starting to really solidify himself as kind of that third uh, offensive passing threat. And also uh, probably a shout out to Trayvon Henderson, because I think, you know, any of these games, he's going to continue to get his and he's probably going to set all the freshman record numbers for rushing, barring anything crazy happening, um, even with splitting time with other running backs, in my opinion. And then on defense, I'm going to stick with Ronnie Hickman. I mean, he's continuing to be overall the best uh, defensive player we have uh, overall with consistency. He flies around the field. He's leading the team in tackles. Um He's getting put in passing situations. He's helping to stuff the run. Um, just really excited to continue to see him fly around the field. Yeah, I like Ronnie Hickman, man. Um, definitely one of my favorite players on defense so far this year. Um, I think he's got a huge upside, too. And I think he's just going to continue to get better. And, okay, so uh, what about your score prediction before we wrap this up? What do you got the score at? You know, man, this is a tough one for me, okay? I know what the spread is, but... Dude, I'm seeing more along the lines of like 
I'm going to call it somewhere in the neighborhood, maybe like 42, 42.20 Buckeyes. Okay, we're not that dissimilar. Um, I have it at 48.21. Um, again, I think we're going to be able to get ours on offense. I don't think we're going to start out as slow as we had in some of those other games. Um, I think the 48 points are going to be majorly done by the starters. I don't think it's anything like, you know, we're going to be blowing them out and we just put the backups in the whole second half kind of thing. Um, It may be something closer like, you know, 21-10 or 21-14 or something like that, maybe at the first half. But I think we definitely, you know, make some in-game adjustments and put them away in the second half for good. Um, I, but yeah, I think we're pretty close. We both have it, uh, us covering the 15 and a half point spread. Um, but yeah, so we'll post that on, uh, Facebook and hopefully get some of your, um, oh, that's the other thing too. I wanted to do a shout out. I know I didn't do a shout out, uh, for the Tulsa game, but one of my buddies, Dan Holly, um, he guessed a pretty close to the, to the score on that, uh, Tulsa game. So I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, haven't had a chance to look yet at the score predictions we had for that Akron game. Uh, there were a couple closer. I'm pretty sure, actually, I, I think Chaz, the guy that we had on a couple episodes ago, I think he, he was one of the ones that I think had the closest one on that as well. So, But shout out to the guys that get on Facebook and um, uh, give us uh, some of their score predictions. So if you haven't done so already, we post those on Facebook maybe a day or so before the game starts, and you can put your prediction on there and get a chance for a shout out on the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate any and all feedback you guys can give us. Uh, comment on the post, like the post. Um, you know, share the post, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, we're working on some bigger things coming up here. Um, actually, I wanted to say real quick that uh, you know we have a pretty good opportunity coming our way, and one of our uh, one of our good buddies in in the um, in the podcast land, a uh, member of the OHIO podcast here uh, locally, is going to be joining us. Uh, his name's Aaron Brown. He should be joining us uh, next week. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, there's a lot of good things coming our way. So. Just stay tuned. Davis, tell us where you can tell them where you can find us. Okay. As always, uh, catch us on all the uh, streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and so on. Um, we have a Twitter page, and definitely join our Facebook fan page. Uh, it's where we post a lot of our information, some of our links to our streaming services, our score predictions, and any other info that uh, we like to post. So, uh, check us out. Uh, keep listening, and we'd love to hear from you guys. So definitely give us a shout out, and you know, let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what you'd like to hear. And uh, until next time, as always, go Bucks. Oh, H.